It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, it's your favorite throwback podcast hosts, Jessica Bennett and Susie Banacaram. Here to announce a new season of our show, In Retrospect. Which means a whole new batch of episodes diving into the pop culture moments we love and love to pick apart. From the dethroning of the first black Miss America. To the legacy of a lesbian joke from four Kaftan-loving Golden Girls. Listen to In Retrospect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, that's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. Oh, boy. Bullying. We're going to talk bullying today. It is going to be offensive. I can't do anything about that. It's not my job to be kind. It's my job to tell you the truth. Joe Biden's CIA pick. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. This is already going bad. AOC, why she's 100% correct about something. It's going to be an awesome show. 
But first and foremost, I may just go the whole show with it. No, I won't, but what's the greatest endurance story you've ever heard? The greatest survival story you've ever heard. Will to live story. I've asked people that before. Whenever I, I I find these things fascinating. I find the limits of human endurance to be fascinating. Mental strength fascinating. I don't know why. Maybe that's a dude thing. Maybe it's a, I don't know. I find it to be fascinating. I want to know what people can suffer through and come out the other end. What they can overcome and come out the other end. And I like to, I'd like to read and listen to those stories because I feel like it gets me ready for whatever the next valley in life is going to be. Because, you know, that's all life, peaks and valleys. It's going great. It's going to go great forever. Oh, crap. It went terrible. It's going to go terrible forever. Oh, wait, that wasn't true either. It's just, you know, the season for everything. Well, I know what I think the greatest story of survival is. And it's time to have a little chat about that now. Let us discuss a man and his crew stuck in Antarctica for a long, long time. The man's name was Ernest Shackleton. His father was a doctor, wanted young Ernest to be a doctor. You know, family made a nice living, not wealthy, but made a nice living. Dad's a doctor. Uh, young Ernest, he seems to be a capable lad. He should be a doctor. But sometimes a man just has to acknowledge what he is and what he's not. And I will tell you, as somebody who has had a very similar conversation with his father multiple times in this life, it's worth it to have it. It's worth it to acknowledge what you are. It's worth it to acknowledge what you're not and simply embrace it. Some men are built to be doctors and go to college. And wow, you've got the sniffles. And let me perform this surgery on you. And there are people like, and you know what? Thank God for those men. But some men simply are made to do other things. Ernest found himself constantly looking at the ocean, the danger of it, and saying to himself, I need to be out there. I need to go explore. I I need to experience adventure and danger. And I will will tell you parents, especially young parents out there, especially young women, young mothers out there, if your boy is doing things, semi-dangerous things, hurting himself, and you can't wrap your mind around it, understand this. That's how God made boys. That's how they're made. That's so men can grow up and do dangerous things to advance the society. It is a good thing, not a bad thing, within reason, obviously. Good friend of mine, his son, is always hurting himself, throwing himself into these horribly dangerous situations. And I'm thinking all the time, yeah, that's how he's made. Ernest Shackleton, at the age of 16, finds himself out on the ocean. Could have been a comfortable doctor's son. 16 years old, he's out on the ocean. And this is we're talking late 1800s, early 16, early early 1900s thing. And... 
this we're getting into the age where men were still exploring the earth. And I realize they are still exploring the earth, but this was really the age of man had better ships than he'd ever had before. He wanted to start finding out exactly what was here. And man wanted to start getting to points on the earth that no other man had gone before. This is the age of Antarctic exploration. In the year 1901, after already living a life of adventure, oceans, exploration, danger, Ernest Shackleton decides he's going to try to make it to the South Pole. That is the big goal at this point. And you should understand, Shackleton wasn't alone. This was the era where these guys would arise in various nations as, you know, this is that nation's explorer guy. And it was a point of national pride, which would be kind of cool if you think about it. It was a point of national pride. Our guy's going to try to make the South Pole. Oh, we have to get there before this country's guy or get there before that country's guy, right? I mean, wouldn't that be cool? It's, It's basically the Olympics. And because it's so life or death, I mean, guys routinely died on these. You wanted your guy to, one, make it, and two, make it alive. Make it back alive. 1901, Shackleton tries to make it to the South Pole. Does not make it, but makes it further than any man had ever made it before. Boom. Record. Already starting to get a national name for himself. 1908. Decides he's going to try again. Tries again, fails again, but again makes it even further, and now he's a national hero. He's knighted, which obviously you know is a big deal over in the UK. This dude is a national hero, and he's competing with other Antarctic explorers. And then 1911, gut punch time. A Norwegian explorer makes it to the South Pole. Shackleton's adult dream of being the first man to do it is shattered. So Shackleton just went and drank himself to death. And no, he didn't. Shackleton just said, oh, okay. Well, I'll do one better. He can be the first guy to make the South Pole. What I'm going to do is I'm going to be the first guy to traverse the entire continent of Antarctica via the South Pole. I'm going to land on one side of this daggone frozen hellscape, and I'm going to emerge on the other side of this frozen hellscape. Now, see, Chris is already over there raising his hands, and I'll be honest with you. I'm raising mine, too. I I think about this, and maybe it's because I'm getting older. I think about this, and I think, Oh, gosh, that sounds awful. And I love adventure. You know, I'm always the one trying some stupid adventure thing, failing half the time. Always. That just, Antarctica sounds awful. Being cold hurts. That's the difference between being cold and being hot. And I've been in the most extreme temperatures of both. Hot is obviously horrible. I'm not saying it's wonderful. But being cold hurts your bones hurt your ears hurt somebody in our story is gonna have his toes cut off today it just yeah it just hurts to throw yourself into antarctica on purpose it's wild to me but that's the goal now here's the thing about these expeditions back then we never get into the stupid little details of well how are you gonna pay for it 
You know, the money doesn't just fall from the sky. Who's going to pay for this? That's a lot of men that have to have some money, even though they didn't make a lot. That's a ton of food, supplies. You need a ship or ships. You have to scrounge up the money to pay for it. And it's such a dangerous trip. And the really sexy part was gone. The South Pole had already been reached. Oh, yeah, it would be more impressive to traverse the whole continent. But people love sexy, right? Nobody cares about the second mission to the moon. Nobody does. All right, we're going to talk about this disaster that's about to come. And I don't just mean Joe Biden's CIA pick. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. You can find me on social media at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter. Facebook, on Instagram, and also you can find me on Locals now. I uploaded a video to Locals this morning, the first video I've ever done. I believe it's still uploading on there. It's only a minute or two, little intro. You get to see my face, though, which, wow, what a privilege that is. What, Chris? What a privilege that is. But I will be posting most of my social media content on Locals now. I'll put show links and stuff like that up there. Random comments about news of the day. It's finally something. My buddy Dave Rubin started it. It's finally something where I can't be censored ever. I can make inappropriate jokes. And you know I will. And you know I will. So we will get to that. We'll get to this Joe Biden stuff. Why AOC is right about something. But we're going through... One of the great journeys of all time. Ernest Shackleton, 1914, has a hard time raising the money for this expedition to go traverse Antarctica. And his plan is this. So you have some frame of reference for the plan. He's going to put into Antarctica somewhere off the coast of South America, off the southern tip of South America. He's going to traverse 1,800 miles across Antarctica and come out on basically the New New Zealand side. That's, That's the plan. 
And if you're going to get the funding for these trips, I mean, look, a guy like Shackleton is in it for the adventure, for the explorer part of it, for the for the recognition that comes with it. But nobody wants to fund Ernest Shackleton's recognition campaign. So it, all these trips are scientific campaigns as well. They bring photographers along, and there's a photographer along on Shackleton's clip or trip. We'll get a, we'll get to that in a minute. Scientists along doing experiments. Remember, these are these are uncharted territories back then. They don't know what's down there. They don't know what kind of environment it really is. I mean, this is the moon to them. So you have to. You have to try to sell that to a university here, a foundation here to raise the money. But they raise the money, and they take off on this ship, and the ship is called the Endurance, which turns out to be the most appropriate name in the history of mankind for a ship. These men have different different ways about them. And I will tell you, man in general back then had a different and I would say better sense of duty about them than men today. What do I mean by that? Well, let me put it this way. This is 1914. I don't know if you're aware there was also another fairly big event that kicked off in 1914 called World War One. Well, after Shackleton, picture this, Shackleton gets finally raises all the money. Gets the crew together, gets the ship, gets the supplies. This is a grind, remember? It takes it takes years to set up this journey. Takes off, and he starts reading in the newspaper about how the war drums are beating in Europe, and we might be going to Europe soon. What does Shackleton do? Well, screw them. I'm off, I'm off on my trip. Nope. Shackleton immediately, boop, stops, lets the admiralty know in Britain. Okay. Uh, let me know. My ship and my whole crew were all yours. We'll stop everything right now if you need us to get involved in the war for our country. How about that sense of duty? How about that sense of duty? Churchill and the rest of them said, no, 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 no. You're a national hero. You go. You go. We'll handle things here. And he sent off. But who checks in? Like, they didn't have to do that. Who checks in like that? He does. Takes off, though. Takes off towards Antarctica. They stop at a place. Now, we're, we're off the southern tip of South America now. And pay attention because there are a couple locations you're going to need to remember. They stop at a place called South Georgia Island. They spend a month there. This is a month with whalers. There are guys down there. Remember, whaling was huge, gigantic money back in the day. And I mean gigantic money back in the day. I'm not saying the whalers themselves were rich, but it was just a huge industry. But South Georgia Island, you can go ahead if you're if you're close to a computer or your phone and can do so safely. Now would be a great time to pull up some image searches of South Georgia Island. This is not a tropical island paradise by any stretch of the imagination. If you can't look, it's either barren by the ocean or gigantic ice mountains, and I mean big ones, frozen or nearly frozen rivers. It, it looks like, well, hell if it was cold instead of hot. The men stop there for a month. They talk a lot to the whalers down there trying to, one, get the lay of the land, figure out about the currents, 
figure out about the ocean ice situation, which is a huge problem for any kind of cold exploration. The men get a lot of a lot of stuff from the whalers, stock up on more supplies, and then they take off for Antarctica. And it takes six weeks. They travel 1,000 miles, and this entire time they had been warned extensively. The ocean ice is really bad in the area you're going, and this year is a really bad year for ocean ice anyway. And they are battling this ocean ice on this ship. It's a big sailing ship. You can go see a picture of the Endurance if you want. Like I said, there are pictures of it. It's a beautiful, beautiful sailing ship. But they're battling ocean ice, trying to navigate their way through treacherous waters, and it's getting bad, and it's getting worse, and it's getting worse, and it's getting worse as they approach Antarctica, where their plan is to unload the ship and then traverse Antarctica. The The point of this whole journey is to go from sea to sea. He wants to be the first man to do it. They battle their way through the ice, and as they get close to Antarctica, the ice starts to get thicker and thicker and thicker. And finally, after six weeks at sea and a 1,000 miles across the water, they find themselves one day away from Antarctica. One day away from where they're going to be, well, not safe, but finally get to put on to the actual continent and take off. And when they're one day away, the ice surrounds their boat and locks them in. They are now on a sailing boat at a place colder than you can imagine. They're still in the ocean, remember, but completely surrounded by ice and stuck, and they cannot move. And I can't stress this enough. This is the year 1914. There's not a Coast Guard you can call. There's not a phone for you to use on the ship anyway. There's not a radio. There's not FedEx. There's not a satellite phone. No helicopter. No satellite is going to look down and see you from outer space. You are now not even on the continent of Antarctica in a sailing vessel trapped on the ice in the ocean. Immediately, what goes through your mind? And the ice doesn't break away. The ice continues to enclose around them and lock them in. Only the ice, the ice isn't attached to anything like land either. You're now floating wherever the ice wants you to float. You're stuck in a big, the best way I can describe it, you're stuck in a big ice cube floating wherever it wants you to go. You no longer have control of anything as you, fl- as you float through frozen hell. Absolute frozen hell. This is 1915 now. They've been on this journey for a long time. And what they're starting to find out is... Wow, this thing is a lot scarier and more dire than we had imagined. You know what they discovered? I'll tell you what they discovered in just a second.
You're never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Part-time job, full-time hustle, all-time Shiro to all of us. You nurture, we listen. You teach, we thrive. You lift our spirits, but we've got to lay down the truth. It's time for you, our Shiro, to stretch for the stars. Start saving more for retirement now so you can feel prepared and live your life to the fullest. Get free tips to help boost your retirement savings now at aceyourretirement.org Shiro. A message brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Nearly 90% of military hazing complaints come from the Marine Corps. This is from military.com. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to give you the honest truth about my history with hazing, my history of experiencing it, my history of doing it to others. And guess what? I'm not going to be the least bit sorry about it at all. I'm not going to be sorry about it at all. 877-377-4373. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. I'm worried I might go a little long in the history segment today. Guess how sorry I am about that. <laughs> it's too good. It's too good. But all right. It's 1915. Shackleton's on this expedition to Antarctica. Him, 28 dudes, one day from Antarctica, the ship gets trapped in the ice. Ice gets too thick around them and starts drifting the ship away. Now, that's when they find out about the worst thing in the world. Not only are they trapped in the ice, not only is the ice forcing them to go wherever the ice drifts to, the ice is getting thicker and stronger. As the ice gets thicker and stronger, it's crushing their ship. Their ship is now starting to disintegrate, explode, whatever way you want to describe it. Think how strong the wood is to build one of these old ships, to endure the battering it would take in the ocean. They would hear they would hear their ship crumbling and they said it sounded like a cannon or a firework going off every time one of the planks on the ship would snap from the ice crumbling around it. And this is their living quarters, remember. This is everything to them at the time. They know that it's probably inevitable the ice is going to destroy their ship completely. They pack up all their stuff and stay fairly close by the ship, but move onto the ice. They're now living on a gigantic block of ice. And you can see a picture of this as well in tents and sleeping bags. 
as their ship continues to explode and crumble and slowly get engulfed with the ocean. Four months these men live on ice as their ship explodes. And you want to know another danger? It's not just the cold and the ice and the starvation. They're hunting penguins and seals, by the way, to try to supplement their diet and stay alive. It's not just the cold. It's the warmth. What I mean by warmth is this. Oh, they're not going to die of heat stroke, but this ice they're living on, it's only ice. There's no land underneath it. And remember, they're adrift at sea. Should they drift into warmer waters, warmer weather, they're dead. The ice does begin to crack around them. They're camping on this. They have to put up a fire watch in the middle of the night. Uh, One man has to stay up and keep watch to make sure the ice doesn't crack out underneath the tents and drop a man in the ocean. Except, whoops, one night it does. Picture this worst wake-up in the history of mankind. I don't know what yours is. It probably isn't as bad as this guy's. He's asleep in the Arctic freezing cold in his tent on an ice block. Boom! It cracks underneath him and drops him in his sleeping bag in the Arctic Ocean. Shackleton, by the way, is the leader of this crew. And let's just dwell on Shackleton for a moment. There are all these quotes about Shackleton, and they all say the same thing. The dude had a lot of personal flaws. He was a drunk, a big-time drunk. He was a world-class philanderer. Uh, Like we've discussed many times, men... Don't ever strive to be like that. However, there is that quote from Lord Acton, almost all great men are bad men. It seems to be so often these men who do these amazing things are not the best human beings in the world. So we're not going to dwell on that. Just know he was a flawed man. But every man who was ever with him said the dude was just simply stupid calm under any single circumstance. No matter what it was, Shackleton was just never rattled, ever. Always kept the men's spirits up, always acted like, well, okay, we'll be fine. We'll figure it out. It's no big deal. The guy drops in the ocean in the middle of the night. Shackleton, Johnny on the spot, wakes up, reaches in, grabs him out of the water with one arm and lifts this guy in his sleeping bag out of the water and puts him back. Saves his life. Now, this ice crack-up problem gets worse and worse after their ship, the Endurance, finally goes down. You see, it's not necessarily the temperature. These guys are still in freezing temperatures and living on a block of ice. But as soon as the waters get warmer underneath them, that ice starts breaking, and they know we cannot stay here. We're going to die. They did manage to take the three lifeboats off the Endurance and keep the lifeboats with them. And they decide, well, by the way, I'm not even close to done with this story. You thought this was bad? Trust me, it gets worse. They said, well, we've got got to go somewhere. They know there's an island called Elephant Island. They're going to try to get to it. Elephant Island 
is also a nightmare on earth without a single redeemable quality to it at all. But it's land. And remember, these guys have now been stuck for something like 14 months. 14 months. They need to try to get to Elephant Island and then come up with some kind of a plan for survival. They do it. They get in these boats and they get to Elephant Island. But the problem is this. Yes, they're on land. They're still hunting seals. They're eating seaweed. They're, they're, that, that's what they're existing off of now. But remember, you only have so much of everything and the pickings are getting slim. And this is not an island where there are shipping lanes by it. Nobody's coming to save you. You're off the ice block. You're still on a remote island with no big ship. you got three lifeboats. And what are you going to do about it? Shackleton decides, I've got to take the chance. I'm the leader of this group. I'm going to take the chance. He asks for volunteers. He gets five volunteers to come with him. And the chance was simply this. They had to travel 800 miles to get back to the South Georgia Island where they had the whaling station. 800 miles. Oh, wait. It gets worse. This 800 miles is known as, and I quote, this is a direct quote, the most stormy stretch of ocean in the world. You don't have a big ocean vessel. You have a lifeboat. Shackleton has a carpenter with him. Remember, these huge expeditions would have specialists in almost anything. Obviously, you had your scientists and stuff, but you would always have a, a, a hunting specialist, a navigation specialist, which is going to come into play here in a moment. You're going to have a carpenter. You're going to have a doctor. You're going to have all these things. He has the carpenter work on this lifeboat as hard as he possibly can to try to fortify it as best as possible from this 800-mile stretch of frozen, stormy ocean they're about to go on. They load up some supplies, and off they go. And the trip somehow gets worse from there. I will continue in a moment before we get to bullying, hazing, the CIA in China. Hang on. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. 
Buzzed driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com is the email. Remember, remember, send me your love, your hate, your death threats. They're all fine. Send in your Ask Dr. Jesse questions throughout the week. You are welcome to. They do not get lost. They don't get set aside. They just, Chris checks off a box, compartmentalizes everything for me, and then hands me a big old fat stack of them on Friday. I read all of your emails. I will not respond to you. I just get way too many of them, but I will read every word. I love them. Shackleton. Six dudes. They hop in a lifeboat from Elephant Island, and they take off towards South Georgia Island. Don't be confused. They're way down by South America right now. They have 800 miles to go. They pack 15 days of provisions. And they take off through the most stormy stretch of ocean in the world. And the trip is a nightmare because it's freezing and they have a lifeboat. And this is a difficult journey in in a major boat. And what's happening is the ice keeps building up on their boat, threatening to drag their boat into the water. So they're constantly having to chisel the ice off the outside of the boat, but wait, it actually gets even worse. They're chiseling ice off the outside of the boat while freezing cold ocean water is going over the sides into the boat, which they not only have to bail out, they have to try to stave off the frostbite that's happening as they're getting soaked in the freezing water in the middle of the ocean. And this is not a situation where you can just fall overboard and be okay. If you fall out of this boat, you're going to die, period. In case you're wondering, by the way, the men back on Elephant Island are not in a great, great shape either. They take their last two lifeboats, turn them upside down, They essentially live underneath them. One guy who was a stowaway on the ship, he was mad. His buddy got hired for the expedition, and he didn't, so he he was a stowaway on the ship. He lost his toes. Frostbite in the middle of the night, they had to turn on the lanterns and chop his toes off. Yeah, how's that? Enjoy your meal. Back to Shackleton, six dudes going across the water. And they're, one, having to navigate, which is very, very difficult because of the cloud cover. They brought their star navigator with them. He essentially saved their lives. Two, it's not just the boat that's getting ice built up on it. It's the sails. They have, you know, sails to move through the water. They're having to bring down the sails and saw the ice off of it to put them back up. It just just sounds like the worst thing in the history of mankind. Finally, they get to, they can see South Georgia Island. Woohoo! We're saved, right? Nope. A hurricane comes. A hurricane comes, and supposedly it sunk another major vessel. Somehow the lifeboat therein manages to make it through the hurricane, but they can't 
get to the part of the island where the whaling station is, and South Georgia Island isn't a tiny little rock. There's only one little area they can put in, and now they're out of food. So they have to put onto the island. They made it 14 days, 800 miles, land in South Georgia Island. Three, Two of the men are in such bad physical shape they cannot possibly go on. And so now you're 22 miles away from the whaling station. Two of your six men are down. You have to leave a third man with them to care for them. So that leaves three of you 22 miles away, frozen, starving, away from the whaling station. And, oh, remember when I told you to do an image search of South Georgia Island before? Don't do it if you're driving. If you're in any position to do so, now's the time I want you to do it. I'm telling you to do it. Look at those ice mountains frozen rivers. It's not 22 miles of the jogging path you and your granola friend walk down every single day. 22 miles of ice mountains, and you have to do this or your entire crew is going to die. Oh, wait, there's more. You don't have climbing shoes. You don't have climbing axes, climbing ropes. You don't have any of this equipment You have 50 feet of rope for three men and a carpenter's axe. You don't even have the shoes to do this. You have to pick nails out of what you can and stick them through the soles of your boots so you can start humping through the mountains 22 miles away. I'll put it to you this way. This little expedition that I'm about to wrap up here, they go on through South Georgia Island. You know how many other people have done it traversing just South Georgia Island? One group of uh, one group of people have done it and they were a specific group of mountain climber explorers like 50 years later who went down and did it and when they were done they were asked about Shackleton's trip and they said, "I have no idea how he did it." I have no idea how he did it. These men are going up mountains, down mountains and oh, wait. It actually somehow gets even worse. Hang on. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy. Or you, your best man, your worst man. You, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners.
Jewish producer Chris just told me he's never heard, heard me shout through an entire history segment before. The, the, this story is so absurd. The more you dig into it, and I highly recommend you read a book. There's a book called Endurance on it. Shackleton himself, I believe, wrote a book called South, but I may have that wrong. But I'm look, I'm giving you the watered-down version of this. It is just, it's amazing to me what these men will do. Remember, at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. However, I am moving the bulk of my social media stuff to locals. I finally put up a little video on there today. You can pay to subscribe. I'm not in this for money. I I, I mean, uh, most of my stuff's going to be free. You can just enjoy the free stuff if you want. I'll try to put up a video every day or two if you're one of the people who pays. I'll put up a video or two for, for the people who want to pay for it. But the most of my stuff's going to be free. I'm just there because I don't want to be censored. So <laughs> enjoy that. All right, I'm going to wrap up Shackleton. And then military hazing and why AOC is right. Hang on. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Either way, I don't give a d- what you think you are entitled to. Did you order the code red? I did the job. Did you order the code red? You're goddamn right I did. Nearly 90% of military hazing complaints come from the Marine Corps. We are about to talk about that in a very uncomfortable fashion here in just a moment. But first, allow us to finish the greatest tale of endurance I've ever seen in my life. Shackleton, two buddies. They're trying to get 22 miles across South Georgia Island to the whaling station, not just for themselves, for all the men they left back on Elephant Island who are starving, going to be dying. And there's something in the human mind that can make you carry on or kill you. I Let me step just aside for a brief moment. In the during my time in the Marine Corps, and believe me, that was a lot of pounds ago and a lot of years ago. But during my time in the Marine Corps, I'll never forget the feeling of physical devastation when you're and they do this on purpose. They do this on purpose. When you go out for, let's say they're taking you out for a run, or you're putting on your pack, you're going for a long hump. They don't tell you how far you're going lots of the time. And, and on the runs, they practically never do. And they don't tell you the route you're going. And that, that part always drove me nuts. Just tell me tell me what I can expect. I want to know, is, look, are we going 10 miles today? Or are we going two miles today? And it, it could be any. They never, ever tell you. And it drove me nuts. And they do it on purpose. And this is why. Because when you are doing something physically grueling, 
mentally grueling. You're, 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 you're humping up a mountain with a bunch of gear. And you get to the top. You're telling yourself the entire time, and I have so many people right now looking at the radio nodding saying, know what I'm talking about. You're telling yourself the entire time, one more step, one more step, just get to the top. One more step. I can do it. If I just get to the top and you've made it, just get to the top and you've made it. And you get to the top and either there's another mountain in front of you or they would do this a lot to us. They would take us back towards base. So you're like, oh, we're going, we're about done. And then they would hook another left or a right back into the hills And that's when you would see lots of guys falter or fall out. Why? Was it physical? No, it was mental. It was just that your mind breaks. There's something about feeling like you're almost there and then having it snatched away from you that breaks you mentally. These guys are traversing an island they didn't have maps for across ice mountains. And sometimes they would get to the top of an ice mountain think what they're going through right now. And they would find out this was the wrong direction. We have to go back down and cross this ice mountain instead. And they didn't even have, they didn't even have equipment to go down the mountains. They would sled like toboggan down the hills. One time they came across a waterfall practically frozen They had to disrobe and risk hypothermia. The only way down it was to rope down the waterfall. They made it, though. They made it. It's a a famous story the day they get to the whaling station. They get there, and they first encounter a child. And the child sees them. And obviously these guys are related and they know they're close. They see the child and they see the whaling station. The child sees them and turns sprinting away in terror. These guys have beards frozen, iced over. Their clothes now basically entirely consist of animal skins. Only the salt water and the weather and everything else had worn through the animal skins, tattered animal skins. They looked like... They looked like monsters. That's what they looked like. But they had made it. And somehow they still weren't out of the woods yet. The whaling people were awesome immediately because they knew them, told them who they were. Remember us from a year ago? They took them in, you know, feed, water, sleep, everything else. But now you still have to remember, cross back through the stormiest stretch of ocean in the world to get your men who are back there and they need help. It takes them four tries, four tries. They keep having to turn back because of the ice and the weather. But finally, on the fourth attempt, the men on the island were sitting there eating. They were gnawing on seal bones and seaweed. And they finally see Shackleton, who insisted on coming along. He didn't sit back and say, go get my guys. Shackleton says, oh, I'm coming to get my man. And Ernest Shackleton, 28-man crew, every single one of them lived through this. To this day, it is known as one of the great endurance, great leadership tales in the history of mankind. In fact, I have decided, I decided it last night, 
when my boys get a little bit older, it's going to be too much for them right now. They're 10 and 12. Maybe your kids are ready, though. Kids mature differently. I'm going to make my sons read this book. That is beyond impressive. And I want you to understand something before we go on to all our stories and hazing and everything else. We talk a lot on this show, and we always will, about the nature of man and the terrible, terrible things man is capable of. And he is. You know, I, I've I've told you I'm going to I, – I did it, I believe, a year ago – Maybe maybe less than that. A, a year ago on the story of the Nazi Reserve Battalion, the Reserve Police Battalion 101, a story of what they did in Poland. There's a book about it called Ordinary Men Everybody Should Read. And I've decided I'm going to try to do that story at least once a year. I'm going to repeat it because I think it's so important to understand about the evil nature of men and how they're just men. They're not demons. We're all capable of that. But I think it's important for us from time to time to remember Shackleton was just a man. This 28-person crew, 28-man crew, they weren't all superheroes. They were just men, too. We, politically, may be going through some down moments right now, and it's okay to have a moment or two be down. It's fine. I'm not telling you to be, oh, everything's fine. Woohoo! I've never had so much fun. Buddy. People have gone through a lot worse. Keep going. Keep going. You're just as capable as Ernest Shackleton and his 28, the 28 men of this endurance crew. You're just as capable as they are of keeping going. Whatever you're going through, whatever it may be, maybe your marriage is a disaster. Kids, maybe you're sick. Uh, we get emails, a lot of people, you know, people are sick, cancer, it's just life, life's, life's hard, man. Life's hard. Full disclosure, I'm about to lose my grandpa, I think. Hope not, but I think I'm about to lose my grandpa. Life's hard, life ends. Keep going. Keep going until they put you in the ground. Remember that. These guys, these legends, just men. Just men, flesh and blood, it's like you and I. We're all capable of more. Now, hazing. The headline is nearly 90% of military hazing complaints come from the Marine Corps, data shows. A year after a Marine drill instructor was sentenced to 10 years behind bars for hazing Muslim recruits, throwing one in an industrial fryer and figuring in another's death, data shows nearly 9 out of 10 hazing reports in the military still came from the Corps. You want to have a real talk? Let's have a real talk about hazing and life. Hang on. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint and your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. 
this thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one, get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, it's your favorite throwback podcast hosts, Jessica Bennett and Susie Banacaram. Here to announce a new season of our show, In Retrospect. Which means a whole new batch of episodes diving into the pop culture moments we love and love to pick apart. From the dethroning of the first black Miss America. To the legacy of a lesbian joke from four Kaftan-loving Golden Girls. Listen to In Retrospect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 